0: And uh, I don't know if this mic's going to work any better than the other one. But uh, anyway, um, I remember her words. She said, okay, brain surgeon. And she said, even if God gives us the $200 a month extra, she said, how are we going to get it to him? And I had no idea. So I sent $200 U.S. Uh, from New York to Singapore, to a man I did not know in Singapore. And that man that I did not know in Singapore sent my $200 to a man I didn't know in Bangkok, Thailand. And that man in Bangkok, Thailand that I didn't know sent my $200 to a man I didn't know in Old Rangoon, city of nine and a half million Buddhists and Muslims. And that man I didn't know in Rangoon Sent my two hundred dollars to a little general store in a village called Onlan on the Yawudi River in the middle of old Burma, and Pastor Tain Win E came out of the jungle twelve plus miles on foot, went to this little general store and picked up his money and got every single penny. Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, How does that happen? I mean. My, even my pastor said, your 200 bucks is gone. <laughs> but it, it was gone, but it went to the right person. And so after about eight months of doing that, Pastor Tain, when he said, what would hinder you from coming to our country? And I said, your government, because at the time it was a military dictatorship. The country was closed. And it, the, uh, totally isolated from the whole world. And, uh, so God gave me a pizza. There were several pastors said, we'll go with you. I had preached in a dozen, 13 foreign countries at the time. I had been all over Europe and Canada, Mexico, but I'd never been in Asia. And so I, I, uh, they, all those preachers backed out. I got a visa to old Burma, Myanmar now. And, uh, I got on a flight in Elmira, New York, and flew to Detroit, and then boarded a big wide-body jet for Harita International Airport in Tokyo. And I asked the, I asked the, uh, the um, stewardess, I said, exactly how long is this flight? She said, it never ends. And so after about 14 hours in the air to Harida International Airport, We got on another plane, narrow body this time, and I'm thinking it's just a couple hours down to Bangkok, but it was nine hours. Stuck between two very large people with very little leg room. And uh, finally got to Sivarnabhumi International Airport in Bangkok, Sivarnabhumi is Thai for Golden Land. And uh, after nine and a half hours sitting on a counter stool, got on another narrow body plane, from Bangkok to Yangon, Old Rangoon, with about 30 bald-headed, red-robed Buddhist monks and uh, landed in Yangon and uh, went through military checkpoints, immigration, customs, all of that, and Tanganyi was standing outside the airport jumping up and down with his nose pressed against the glass like a little boy or girl at Christmas time at a toy store. And uh, that, First week in Yangon, two bombs went off, one that blocked my hotel. And the next day, uh, I mean the next week, I was on my way up to Pastor Tengwini's compound, his jungle compound. That first week in Yangon, I saw truckloads of soldiers going up and down the boulevards. There were... Armed, fo- there were soldiers with AK-47s in their hands at every single intersection. And finally, uh, I was uh, Pastor Tainwini had set me up to preach in a church, and I said that's wonderful. But I didn't know it was an underground church. I preached in a dozen underground churches in the city of Yangon that first week. I was in a garage. And in the middle of speaking to about 60 people who were sitting on the on a dirt floor all of a sudden four people jumped up, grabbed me, four men jumped up, grabbed me by the arms, whisked me out of the room, took me down a flight of steps, pushed me down in a dark, wet corner, covered me up with a bunch of sacks and boxes and boards and said, shh, they ran upstairs. Slammed the door. I heard a bunch of scurrying around now, shouting. And when the soldiers, military, the military intelligence left, those four men came back downstairs, dug me out of my corner, took me back upstairs, put me in front of the people, and said, Please continue. (laughs) So at the first of the week, we got into a 1972 Toyota Corolla and went up that was. So we left at about 10 o'clock in the morning we arrived in yangon up the Ayawidi river the mississippi of old burma 4:30 in the morning arrived in the village of Ongland, and some young man scurried out of the jungle grabbed my bags and disappeared i followed tainwini didn't have a flashlight i fixed that later and uh, through a through the jungle on a very narrow pathway down a ravine back up the other side way out i don't know how many miles it took forever And finally came to a little pavilion about 7 o'clock in the morning. They said, you can rest a a while. And I climbed up in this bamboo hut and started and fell fast asleep. I was exhausted. In about a half hour, some men came and they said, Brother Bob, please come, come, come. I said, I'm sleeping. They said, please come. We have meeting. I said, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. And there were hundreds of people that had joined those 60 children under a makeshift lean-to pavilion out in the middle of the jungle. And I took my Bible and began teaching them the scriptures with Pastor Tainwani interpreting for me. And uh, by 3 o'clock that afternoon, uh, we were starting our third service of the day. More people had come. And that's when the soldiers came, local police with military intelligence, white helmets, camouflage uniforms, took my passport, put me in handcuffs, took me down to the local Husql, and for the next several days interrogated me. They really thought that I was an American spy. When they found out I was a Baptist preacher, that was worse. And so, long story short, I've been going back and forth ever since. Now, we have our own Bible college after, this is our 15th year. Um, I came back from that initial trip, started GLBM, Golden Land Baptist Missions. Now we're working with 200 pastors, national pastors. We have our own Bible college, Cornerstone Baptist College, seven schools, and uh, just graduated another dozen young men who are already in place, planning new churches in the middle of their, in the middle of civil war, after COVID, they had a military coup and now civil war. I mean, blood and guts civil war. It's awful. And uh, I mean, the brutality of the Burmese military is ridiculous. I mean, just for no reason at all other than just fear mongering. You all need to thank God for America every day. They go to a home or a business and pull somebody out by the feet into the street, douse them with gasoline torch them. I have pictures of men and women and children blackened, charred, frozen in the, in the shape of their agony in the middle of the street. They've done nothing and uh, tens of thousands have died, but they're fighting back and uh the u.s embassy like every other embassy in yangon have told every foreigner to get out of the country much like they did with me back in 2008 and uh and all the cults left all the teachers with ngos and uh you know english teachers and so forth they all left from countries a lot of foreigners from Netherlands, and Norway, and Great Britain, and Germany, and Russia, and uh, uh, very few from America. But anyway, everybody got out except our families. We have three. We have several American families on the ground there in Myanmar, and uh, we have 423 orphans, and uh, in, and these are orphanages in different places, I'm talking collectively, we have maybe 20, 25 here, and maybe 160 over here, and 80 there, and 60 in another place, and so forth. And uh, so, even with the Civil War, here's the good news. Our preachers are reporting, and like what you're looking at right there, that is Peter Judson, we call in He's Cho Cho Wong. He's baptizing a new convert. And our preachers are telling us that they are baptizing more new converts these days, almost every single week, than ever before. In the middle of civil war, in the middle of all their suffering, you think things are expensive here? It's nothing they can't afford to eat they can't afford to go anywhere they can't afford anything but somehow they're still preaching the gospel still leading people to Christ still worshiping the Lord still being faithful every day and uh, so proud of them those folks are getting saved there in yangon this is this is a new converts class <laughs> In the village of Canaan, in the northwest on the Manipur border, this young lady is a, one of our graduates who is now teaching in a Yawadi division, which is in the southwest. And uh, her name is Laoma, and she calls me Papa. And um, very lovely young lady. And this is Second Peter. We have First and Second Peter, but only one Timothy. And Second Peter is baptizing new converts there in the village of Kampat, and uh, a couple of brand new believers recently. All of these photos I took—they came right off my cell phone—and they have—they were. These are photos that have been sent to me in the last little bit, last few months. I'll let you listen. Brand new church in the last couple of years. This is um, you see that gringo in the back. That is that is uh, Timothy Davis. Of course, you recognize the song, and you can go to the. Next. This is Pastor Tengwini's new crop of students and orphans. Now all of these children, all of these children, except for the, man, the young man that's playing the guitar who is like my son. You see him in the yellow shirt there through the crowd. That's, uh, that young man has been raised in our orphanage there. All of these children come from Buddhist families because of the war, because of the abuse of the military. The people don't trust the military. They don't trust the government. They don't trust the monks. So these Buddhist families have asked us to take and educate their children. And these Buddhist children are learning the scriptures every single day. They're learning English. They're learning... Yeah. This is some of our orphans at Tong Lian's Bethany Baptist Church in Degon Sekan, they're south of the city of Yangon, old Rangoon. They learn English pretty good, don't they?
1: <laughs>
0: Look up here. Yes. So, bilingual? in Myanmar? In Myanmar, we have 156 different people groups or tribes and 203 distinct languages that are not similar in any way. They don't look alike, they don't sound alike, they don't share the same alphabet. So if I say, hello, how are you in Burmese? I would say <laughs> If I say the same thing in Karen, I would say <laughs> If I say, thank you very much in Burmese, I say <laughs> If I say the same thing in I would say <laughs> Brother Judson's tractor. They are putting in a dike to keep the floodwaters. Some of you remember seeing a picture of, of uh, Peter Judson, cho Cho wong in floodwaters on that property, floodwaters up to his neck. And of course, when he came out, he was covered with leeches. This is in Mon State. Down in the south, east, along the Thai border. That's a Buddhist temple. All the way up there. Help, uh, the, uh, the south. Up south. I will. This is, uh, I have, we have two 1,600 seat evangelistic tents, gospel tents, there in Yemen. I air freighted these in. They thought it was not possible. But both of them made it through. We paid significant customs on these tents and uh, to get them in. But as you can see, it was well, well worth it. And uh, this is in one end of the tent. These people are all at the altar. Turn that up, will you? back there's another video all right that's two of our orphans in Yangon this is second Peter and his wife and some of the villagers in Tankya. stop it right there will you this is Jangam Singh he's not in Burma He is in Manipur, India, right across the border from Burma. And he is from the Kuki tribe. The Jewish scholars in Jerusalem have been doing research for the last 25, 26 years. They've made multiple, many, many, many hundreds of trips back and forth between Israel. They are now taking plane loads, 200 people at a time, and resettling these Kuki people from burma and india back in tel aviv because they have their research has proven to them that these people are literally the lost tribe of manasseh they are asian jews and yet many are choosing to stay where all their family is jangam Singsit and his wife honu and their children have the uh have a wonderful church in Manipur and a wonderful school. Lots of you'll see that. Go ahead. And uh, the other way. (laughs) Anyway, um, they have ministry on both sides of the border. And I will be there next month with him. There he is. And uh, that's Pastor Stephen Laranac. And Pastor Tong Lian and Preacher Boys, and this is Pastor Alin ah and two of his brand new converts. Pastor Alin ah just had his left eye removed for cancer. We paid for the surgery and for a new glass eye. And he is onward and reading people to Christ. This is Pastor Lal Nock's new church. This is the back of it. And we raised the funds for that. And he built it by hand. Some of our graduates this past year from Cornerstone Baptist College. Some of our preacher boys. This is the Mew tribe. This is the group that I went to. Took me three and a half days from Yangon by air, and then boat, and then walking, and jeep, and then canoe to get to these people. And many of you know the story the protests these days there in yangon against the military coup you know the davis family and this is their church the momean baptist church momean baptist church in mon state which is a miracle in itself because they told me i could never go to we could never preach the gospel in mon state the buddhism was too strong just go back one slide, you bet. Uh, so, for those of you that don't know, up in the left
1: hand corner of that picture is Tim Davis. He and his family came several years ago and uh, were raising support for the mission field. And uh, They're a wonderful family. I, I just uh, Rob preached last night on lack of faith. And that family came and he preached for the ministry. In my mind, ashamedly, I said. They'll never make it. They'll never even get to the mission field. And I decided we weren't going to take them on for support. Well, well, the Holy Spirit had other ideas, and uh, spoke to my heart. And uh, I think it's a year later we had them come back. And (laughs) we took them on for support, and uh, Bob told me just Yesterday, the day before, he's fluent in the language. Uh, some of you see him on Facebook. They're doing a bang-up
0: job there, guys. Using it in a great way. They have just completed. He and Long working together, have just completed a Burmese, a Burmese hymnal. And uh, the, he, Tim is working on an interlinear, side by side King James. Judson Burmese Bible with concordance and a lot of helps that that the people have never had there ever. Amen. And uh next will be a Bible dictionary so forth and so on. And one of the few missionaries stayed in the country. you I mean, speak about they are the only ones that have stayed. He and and of course Cho Cho Wong is an American citizen because he was here 7 years. I met him in Des Moines. When I met him, I said, what are you doing here? You should go back. And he resisted. He said, I want to go to Paul Chapels in California. And uh, two years later, he called me weeping. He says, I must go back and preach the gospel to my own people. Because he was was the very first convert from his people group, the Pa'o tribe. About 650,000 people. And there had never been a convert to Christianity ever in that group. And now there are many. (laughs) Sweenew, my Swinu, not M-Y, M-A-I, which is like Miss in my language. Peter and Ruth, or Hong and Seisei, and leading some more people to the Lord. Every day, this is Sir Isaac, one of our preacher boys, one of our graduates from Cornerstone Baptist College. Witnessing every day, every day, every day in the middle of all the war. This is Levi and some of his brand new converts. And it just goes on like that. Now, um, several years ago, I was walking through the city and I had a bag on my shoulder and I was greeting people as they would go down the streets. And I, uh, one, a monk came my way and I said, Mingalaba, he look away. Another monk come because in the morning, they take their begging pots in the street. They, uh, people, they go door to door. and People put a handful of rice or a handful of vegetable in their pot. When their pot is full, they go back to the monastery, combine and dine, have their one meal a day. When they've cleaned up, they can put their shoes back on. They go barefoot and have a good smoke. If you're a Buddhist monk, you're a beggar. That's their life. And so I was I was seeing many on the street, and I would say "Mingalaba." They look away. Another one come, "Mingalaba." They look away. Another one come, "Nikangla." Change my, change my, uh, change my speech to them. And uh, "Mingalaba" is hello. "Nikangla" is how are you? And uh, every one of them, nobody wanted to talk to me. Finally, a maybe a 38 to 40 year old monk is coming down. I said, he looks straight at me. He stops dead in his tracks. He says, how you know my language? I said, how do you know mine? And so we sat down on the bench and I gave him a Judson Bible. His eyes get big. He said, for me, I said, she did. Yes. And so now he takes the, my, the Bible back to his monastery quarters. I didn't know that he was a high priest of one of the biggest monasteries, the leader of one of the biggest monasteries in the city. Had no idea. So he takes the Bible back to his quarters and every night in the secrecy of his room, he begins to read that Bible. And just like I said last night, the first thing he saw was, this book tells how the world began. It's amazing. And so reading through the Bible, he realized that Jesus Christ, after like six months of reading, He realized Jesus Christ is creator God and the savior of the world. He gets down on his knees, confesses his sin, turns to Christ, asks Christ to come in his heart, forgive him of his sin. And he begins to witness to the other monks in the monastery and they beat him. Now they're trying to kill him. I had given one one of our cards. He called the number on the card. Our pastor there at our Bible college answered, Long story short, they hid this man, trained him. He's now planning his third church, and I took his story. How uh, He told me, he said, Bhaji, as I read Thamachanza Holy Bible, he said, I learned, he, he said, every time he said, as I read it, he said, it was like, every time I read, it was like God gave me light and more light and more light and more light, and more light till I realized Jesus is the Christ. So I took that testimony and I wrote this gospel track and we print, this is the English version and you have it or you're going to have it and full of scripture. All the red is scripture. And uh, I took his testimony of more light, more light. And so I translate that. I start with his testimony and then go first light, second light, third light, fourth light, first light, the true nature of the living God because they have no idea who God is. Buddhists don't believe in a God, but they believe they're becoming a God. So second light, the true true nature of man. We're sinners in need of a Savior. Third light, the true destiny of man. And fourth light, the true Savior of man. So we translated this into Burmese, printed 40,000 of them in Yangon, and they were gone almost overnight, many thousands of professors of faith. So that was several years ago or more. Now, with the help of Bible Tracks Incorporated in Illinois, we have redesigned that track. This is the same exact thing, but we've redesigned it into a 16-page, full-color booklet and we've raised about $170,000, and we're going to uh, Micah McCurry, the director of Bible Tracks, Inc., and myself, we're going to Myanmar or Burma next month. After I get back from, I'm preaching a missions conference in Texas, I fly back and get on the plane for Burma about November 20th, and we will print four Million of these in old Burma. And we have the manpower just through GLBM to distribute these all across the country. Now, brother, we have 56 million in Myanmar. We're the largest country in Southeast Asia geographically. And uh, the Buddhists are very, are, are studiers. They will take this. They will not throw it away. They will read it over and over, study it, Uh, then pass it along. This thing will make its way all over Southeast Asia and into China. And so we really ask you to pray for that. This is a monk tells how he found true enlightenment. Same thing. All right. You want to ask questions? All right. No, I mean you. You were going to interview me or something. All right. By the way, this Bible cover is from the Hakka Chen tribe. Hakka? Hakka Chin? There's 50, you know, 50, highest 57 varieties of Chin in Chin state. They're all originating in Tibet. They came down thousands of years ago. Hakka. This is the Matupi tribe. And every tribe has its own colors and patterns and so forth and, and uh, so forth. All right, question. It is against the law, very dangerous. Uh, so you're, you're going to have to repeat the questions because will right. never hear the questions. Sure. She said, Are you are you getting any resistance from the Buddhists? Is, is, in, especially handing out the tracts. In handing out the tracts? The in handing out the tracts uh, I've never had resistance from a monk or a Buddhist in handing out tracts. Uh, they said it couldn't be done, especially in Mon State, in the, in the city of Molimian, where, where Davis and Judson are. But uh, we had a team of 30-some Americans. We were in the street, in the traffic, passing them out to not only people passing by on foot, but in cars and trucks. Had no pr- problem at all. We were in the village of Calais, which is about 450,000 people. I say Village City. And uh, we distributed a quarter million gospel flyers, full color, in preparation for that big tent meeting. We fed 4,000 people a night. I think I put in in this, uh, this meeting, um, I think I put a picture of a woman uh, standing, stirring a, a big kettle did you see? Did you see that? All right, we had about thirty of those kettles. They were full of rice porridge with chunks of ham, and four thousand people a night. I couldn't believe it. I don't. I have no idea how we did that, but it got done. And then thousands of people came in and around the tent every night for five days, five nights. So the week before that, we passed out. We distributed. The police were watching everything we did. Never questioned us, never stood, they followed us, you know, you know, years ago, the the same fellow that arrested me in Ongland, he followed me across the river, three miles wide river, when I took all the students, 120 students across the river to get ice cream at a little shop on the other side of the river, and he followed us over there, military intelligence, he wasn't the local hooskow, he was the fed, and that's the one that had, had arrested me, the federals, and so, we, we, as we were in the village of Thayet on the other side of the river, follow, 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 motorcycles and on foot and so forth. We came back to the river. He approached us and he told Tainwanee, Pastor Tain. He said, pointed at me. He said, "This is the same man that I arrested three years ago. What is he doing back here?" And so t- he took all of our passports and uh, all our paperwork. We had letters of invitation from the tribal council. And he examined all that and then came to me and handed it back to me and looked me right in the eye, handed me my passport. He says, enjoy. I said, thank you. I said, He said, oh, you learn my language now. And uh, so we went back across the river. And as we were walking up the bank and into the, the village on the now on the pavement, I looked behind me and he's still coming with six of his other soldiers. And uh, so I turned around and I waited for him. And I said, are you gonna follow me all day? He looked at me, he smiled, he said, yes. I said, well then come, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> so we went to a little cath- street cafe. I bought all the students lunch. I mean, 90 students plus this and that. No, 120 students in that place, plus uh, a dozen staff there at our school there at Anglin. And uh, the soldiers cost me about $32. For the entire thing and so after we got done eating uh, I got up and this military intelligence officer gets up and uh, I walked into the street he walked into the street and uh, he said where will you go I said back to the school he said when will you leave I said your village he said yes he I, I said in the morning he said good um, he said Will you come again? I said, yes. Uh, No, he said, will you come again? I said, will you follow? He said, will you buy lunch? (laughs) You just gotta go with the flow. You know? Yeah, so I think that answers your question. Questions? Any questions? having more people saved than ever before in the middle of civil war and brutality. And that's an amazing thing. Yes, ma'am. What? That's a wonderful question. She says, what would you like us to pray for? <sighs> I was saying, pray I can go back. because I didn't know for sure if I was ever gonna be able to go back. And that's the hardest things. But I'm going back. The war's not over. Um, Their COVID is not over. I have three pastors right now with dengue fever. That is a very huge problem in Myanmar. More so, I mean, everybody's got malaria. They deal with that. Pastor Tong Lian in Yangon, he had it had malaria, for, fought it for seven years. Um, so pray for our trip. Pray for these right here. People will receive these. Pray that when we print four million of these, that the military government will not confiscate them. That's a big, you know what I mean by that? They'll not take them away and burn them. Um, because we want these in the hands of the people. Yes, you did. That's part of that $107,000. I still need about 20000 20, So you pray for that too. Um, yes, ma'am. yes pretty much not always not not always but most often i guess i would say uh, um, i have two pastors father and son who were driven from their village and shunned by their families they both started churches the father started one village the son started another they're part of our network i'm trying to bring the sun here in march his name is panzo but he's one of the ones that has dengue right now he's so impressive he's pure burmese when i say pure burmese you know what i mean by that he's not chin or karen or pao or shan or Mon or padong or i mean i could keep naming tribes but he's pure burmese which is the majority people in the country And strong, strong Buddhist people. So for him to not only get saved, but preach the gospel and try to reach his own people, that's very rare and uh, dangerous for him. And uh, I've got a book on the back table, Golden Land Chronicles, and uh, it says 1995 on the back. Uh, We sell them in meetings like this for 12 bucks and uh, forward by Dr. David Gibbs of Christian Law Association. And uh, that is 20 true life stories of missions in Myanmar over the last 14 years. And volume one, I should say, because the stories keep coming. And uh, really excited about that. There's a lot of World War II history in that book for you history buffs. There's a, a story of the 112 year old man. Anybody remember that story? Nobody remembers that story? Do you, did I not tell that story here? Years ago? Um, you talk about full circle and uh, how God preserved his life through the death railway, through disease, the Caligong massacre to get saved at 112. His monk told him, he said, when the, when the Japanese soldiers were coming through town after the Kalagong massacre and he's sitting on his front porch, his, he looks at his monk and he says, troubled times, no. And the monk says, yes. He says, maybe Arimathea will come. And the monk says, not many people believe that anymore. He said, why? He said, so long. He said, but go to a promise, the Savior would come. And uh, so fast forward 73 years. I had said, I want to go to Moon State. And all the preachers in Yangon said, Baji, you can never go to Moon State. If you go to Moon State, if they don't kill you, they'll beat you and expel you from the country. And I began to pray. And then Peter Judson, I met him in Des Moines, Iowa. And... One thing led to another. I said, where will you go when you return? We helped our church. I moved him back to New York State from Des Moines. It took us two years to get his papers together. We sent him back. He, he said, well, I'll go to Moulin. Mon- 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 and I said, that's the queen city of Moulin State. I went with him. One thing led to another. And uh, I was walking in the city and met some young ladies from an English school. And we went there to speak and preach the gospel at that, at that English school and got an invitation to a village called Mudon, farther south into Mon State, deeper into Mon State, led a family to the Lord. And 10 minutes after they get saved, the second to the youngest daughter, 10 minutes afterwards, tears running down her face. Her name is, her name was Kintitsa, K-H-I-N-E, H-T-I-T-S-A-R, Kintitsa. I call her Kimmy. K-H-I-N-N-Y. And uh, on Facebook, you can find her, Kinney, K-H-I-N-N-Y. And 10 minutes after she gets saved, she looks at me with the tears running down. and She says, Baji, you want to meet a 112-year-old man? One thing led to another. Through the monsoonal rains of August, they have five months of horizontal rain and the mud up to your knees. We trekked seven, Blocks down to his house, climbed up in that, in his house with her shoes off, and let and told that man about Jesus. And he said, I have waited my whole life to hear about this Savior. He said, I believe in the Savior. I put my trust in the Savior. He said, Tell me what I must do. And there he bowed his head and bowed his soul and trusted Christ as a Savior. And four months later, he died and went to heaven at 113. <laughs> oh boy. Questions. And that's in the book. As well as a the last story is everybody's favorite about a Burman, uh, an Anglo-Burman. His mother was Burmese. His father was a Brit. And he became a Spitfire fighter pilot in the Battle of Britain. And came back at ninety-two years of age to hear about Christ on his deathbed with leukemia, and we led him to the Lord after he had denied Christ most of his life in London. And that's in the book.
1: All right, let's have a word of prayer. We'll dismiss our Sunday school hour and uh, get ready for morning worship service. Let's pray together, Heavenly Father. We're so again thankful for the opportunity to be here today. We're Looking forward, Lord, to the morning worship service. Thank you again for what we've heard and seen this morning. Um, So many lives that have been changed, uh, saved, churches established. I'm so grateful for the work that's going on there in Myanmar and all throughout the world. Thank you again for allowing us the privilege of being involved in missions. I pray, Lord, that you touch each and every heart that's here to see the need. Uh, fruit uh, that goes towards it's our account, as Paul wrote the book of Philippians. And uh, thank you, Lord. One day, one day, we'll we'll be gathered in heaven, and uh, we'll have a clear understanding of the influence that you allowed for us to have, both in our giving and in our prayer life. So again, thank you for each uh, of, of, of our missionaries that we support. Uh, speak to our hearts in the morning worship service. Be with Brother Thornton, as he preaches to us this morning, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you move in our midst in a great way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you saw questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.